Hello, this is Paul. This is Laura. And I'm Alton. We are Team Derringer. Where we take you, the listener, on an adventure. A music adventure. Some sunny day, baby, when everything seems okay, baby. You wake up and find that you're alone. Because I'll be gone. In this episode, we'd like to share an improbable convergence with you. That convergence is between hard rock and bluegrass. Do you think a marriage between these two genres can even work? What do you think, listeners? Do you think it's possible to merge these two highly distinctive styles? today's episode, we're going to show you a fantastic pairing between artists of contrasting musical realms who have come together to make magic. One was a legendary frontman for one of the most popular hard rock groups of all time. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move, gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. The other is the leader of a critically acclaimed bluegrass band. When you One of them can wail to the heavens while the other sings with the voice of an angel. That's right, listeners, we're talking about Robert Plant, former vocalist for Led Zeppelin, and Alison Krauss, bluegrass and Americana luminary and leader of her own band called Alison Krauss and Union Station. To help us explore this combination of musical genres, we are joined by Matt Saxton, singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist from East Sussex, United Kingdom. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries. Matt, welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have you with us today. We're really looking forward to hearing lots more about your music. Hi, guys. Um, thanks for having me. It's a real pleasure to be on this podcast. I love your podcast, so to be actually included on one is fantastic. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, we're super glad you're here. <laughs> thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Yeah, we're glad to have you. So, Matt, you've built quite a following on Spotify. I uh, see you have tens of thousands of monthly listeners. So how long have you been playing music? Well, it feels like too long in a way, but um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've been playing for for a long time, but I suppose for the last 20 years, I've been recording and writing my own songs rather than sort of being in a band and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I mean, since 2005, I've been releasing albums with my own songs. Yeah. And you cover some pretty wise genres too. I've been listening to your catalog and I think you touch on a lot of them. Yeah, I suppose so. It's, um, I mean, my kind of base is, is sort of folk and rock, but I kind of trying to bring more electronic sounds in there as well. So trying to mix it up a little bit. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries, a music adventure podcast. Matt, you've had several songs appear on our Turnip Music Radio Top 25 charts. Your latest entry, called Freedom, seems to be a bit of a departure from your other songs that we've heard from you. 
Do you care to elaborate? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, really, because lyrically, Freedom is kind of got a lot of uh, um, links back to some of my other songs. It's about sort of low mood and depression, stuff like that, which would go back to, say, the Animal Song. But stylistically, I've sort of brought in a there's a liquid drum and bass um, rhythm. I actually didn't even know what liquid drum and bass was until um, this producer who I was working with suggested using that sort of beat. So stylistically, it is different, but I'm hoping it's still got my plaintive vocals in there, which is, you know, makes it still feel like it's it's me and not someone completely different. Well, keep doing what you're doing, because going through your catalog has been so much fun, because every now and then I'm just sitting listening, listening, and all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, this is something totally <laughs> different. So it's been it's just been great getting to know your music. Oh, thank you. Listeners, let's listen to a quick snippet of Matt Saxon's song, Freedom. That's a snippet of Freedom by Matt Saxton. Freedom and more of Matt's songs can be found on all the usual digital streaming platforms, including Spotify. Matt, when we corresponded with you a few months ago, you shared with us your love of Led Zeppelin. What about Led Zeppelin appeals to you? I suppose it's the is the fact that they got this classic British rock band sound. Bands like The Who, Zeppelin stones and later on queen they all have this kind of almost unique sound something i love about uh, led zeppelin is the drummer really as well well they're all great players but there's just something about the drums which you take him away and it just wouldn't be the same band Matt, I'm sure our listeners would love to know what is one of your favorite Led Zeppelin songs and why. Okay, um, it's quite hard to choose, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> our listeners found the same thing. They went yeah. all over the place with Led Zeppelin. Yeah, it, it is It is hard to choose. They've got so many great songs. Um, but I suppose if I was going to pick one song, it would actually be Good Times, Bad Times. I just love the way it starts. love the guitar. And then the hi-hat. Then the cowbell. And just the energy. It's a short song. I love short songs. And yeah, it's just got a great hook in there. And it's just, I don't know, every time I listen to it, I, I always feel like, wow, that energy in there is just amazing. That's a snippet of Good Times, Bad Times by Led Zeppelin, as picked by our special guest today, Matt Saxton. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries. With listeners in more than 30 countries. Listeners, in 2004, Robert Plant and Alison Krauss came together to honor Huddy Ledbetter, also known as Lead Belly, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's Master Series Tribute Concert. They performed the traditional American folk song In the Pines, also known as Where Did You Sleep Last Night? In the pines, in the pines, where the sun never shines. 
The song originated from two songs, actually, In the Pines and The Longest Train, both of whose authorship is unknown and date back to at least the 1870s. And listeners, check this out. The song In the Pines has been covered by both country artists such as Bill Monroe and Doc Waters to rock and roll groups such as Nirvana and the Grateful Dead. However, Nirvana's version used the alternate title, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? My girl, my girl, don't lie to me. Tell me when did you sleep last night? Well, with both country groups and rock and roll bands covering the song, I can certainly see why Robert Plant and Allison Krauss were chosen to cover the song at the tribute. Matt, are you a fan of any of the old blues artists? I suppose I am, although I'm trying to think of exact artists. I mean, I would say B.B. King. Would he Ooh. be one, I suppose? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. But I think for me, I suppose I've I've come more to I've come to the bands like The Who, The Stones, Zeppelin, who have been really influenced by the blues, if you like. That's how I've sort of I'm more into that stuff yeah. rather than going right back to the original blues guys. Listeners, after meeting at the tribute concert, Robert Plant and Allison Krauss agreed to keep in touch and try to record if their schedules ever aligned. Plant suggested that they set aside three days in the studio and see if anything came of it. A year later, magic happened. The pair recruited T-Bone Burnett, legendary producer of the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack. They recorded Studio Gold. It eventually turned into platinum. Some sunny day, baby, when everything seems okay, baby, you wake up and find that you're alone, because I'll be gone. The resulting album, released in October of 2007, was called Raising Sand. It reached number two on the Billboard 200 chart, climbed to number two on the UK album charts, and peaked at number one on the US Top Rock Albums chart. Paul, how many units or sales is a platinum album? Laura and listeners, this is an interesting question, and Matt and I can have some back and forth on this because it differs based on the country. So I'm going to first tell you a little bit about what I know. Platinum status is more or less dependent on the country that is doing the certification. In some countries, 100,000 units or less is considered platinum, but here's a big but. I like big butts and I cannot lie. But in the U.S., (laughs) platinum means 1 million units. Raising Sand went platinum in six countries, including the U.S. So yes, Raising Sand has sold over one million units. Matt, one of the six countries where Raising Sand went platinum was, in fact, the United Kingdom. Do you, Matt, happen to know how many units it takes to be certified as platinum in the U.K.? I know I'm putting you on the spot, Matt, but I'm hoping you can come up with it. How many does it take? Yes, I do. Takes 300,000 units, and Paul in the UK, Raising Sand, went double platinum by selling 600,000 units. Isn't that interesting? It went double platinum in the UK, and yet it sold more copies in the US. So Matt, do you remember listening to the album when it came out in 2007? And if so, what were your thoughts? 
I do actually. I remember he first hearing Please Read the Letter. I, I'm not sure, was that a single? I don't know if it was a single, but I seem to hear it. I heard it first on the radio and was like, wow, this is a great song. Caught out rhyme with just a little too much to hide. Maybe, baby, everything's gonna turn out fine. Please read the letter. And also, I think I first saw them, they were played live on, a, there's a show in the UK called Later with Jules Holland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great show. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a big thing here. It's a great, great live show. In fact, it's pretty much the only live music show on TV, on BBC anyway. And that's fantastic. And they, they were on that. And I remember thinking, wow, this is just amazing. It's beautiful, beautiful stuff. Plant Krauss album Raising Sand cleaned up at the 51st Grammy Awards held February 8th, 2009. It won all five categories it was nominated for. All five. The project won, you ready for this? Album of the Year. Best Contemporary Folk Slash Americana Album. Record of the Year for the Please Read the Letter, which Matt mentioned. Best Pop Collaboration with Vocals for the song Rich Woman. And Best Country Collaboration with Vocals for the song Killing the Blues. And the Grammy for Album of the Year goes to Raising Sand, Robert Plant, and Alison Krauss. Paul, that's really amazing and quite an accomplishment. But at the same time, it's not surprising given the quality of that album. I really like the song Stick With Me Baby from this album. It's a song written by country legend Mel Tillis, and I just love what they did with the song. Okay, well, Laura, you got to weigh in on your favorite song. Can I weigh in on mine from Raising Sand? I hope you will. <laughs> <laughs> For me, my favorite song off of Raising Sand is a cover song. It's written by the brothers Don and Phil Everly, known as the Everly Brothers, and it was originally released in 1964 by the Everly Brothers. The song is Gone, 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 Done Moved On. Jij luister naar Derringer Discoveries, een muziekavontuur podcast. Paul, I am also a fan of a cover song. It was the song called Polly Come Home, which is actually a cover of the song Polly, written by Gene Clark, one of the founding members of the Birds. Matt, how about you? Do you have a favorite song from the album Raising Sand? Yeah, for me it is Please Read the Letter.
Usted está escuchando The Ringer Discoveries. Un podcast de aventuras musicales. releasing Raising Sand and touring much of the following year in support of the album, the two artists returned to their respective bands. Alison Krauss returned to her country and bluegrass band, Union Station, and they released the 2011 album, Paper Airplane. I wanna run away, don't come out looking round, too busy dealing with it on my own. He's right behind me, please God I can't be found. Robert Plant returned to his Americana Roots group called Band of Joy and then during the 2010s headed up the world music psychedelic and trip-hop inspired Sensational Space Shifters. Here's a little bit of trivia that may interest both Paul and Laura regarding Alison Krauss's band Union Station. And Paul, this first one's for you, the dobro player for the band Union Station. His name is Jerry Douglas. And while Union Station was on hiatus a while back, Jerry Douglas toured with one of your favorite artists. Care to guess who? Well, I, I would like to guess, but I'm wondering if Matt might be able to guess. Matt, do you have any thoughts on this? He's from the UK. Alton's obviously setting us up, and it's a, a prominent artist from the late 70s. 70s, I would say. Ah, then maybe it's Elvis Costello. I'd say you'd be spot on. <laughs> and Laura, this next bit of trivia is for you. The guitar player and one of the singers for Union Station is Dan Tominsky. He's the guy that sang I Am a Man of Constant Sorrow in the Oh Brother Where Art Thou movie. Throughout the year, he splits his time between Nashville, Tennessee, and Ferrum, Virginia, which is just 20 minutes down the road from you, Laura. Oh, that's right. Just right in the backyard. Listeners, 14 years after releasing their first album, Raising Sand, Plant and Krauss joined forces again to release their second album, Raise the Roof. The album was released on November 19th, 2021 to critical acclaim, as you would expect. Plant and Krauss had returned once again to Sound Emporium, the same legendary recording studio in Nashville, Tennessee, where they recorded their Grammy-winning first album with T-Bone Burnett. And they were joined once again by Burnett and finished recording in February 2020, just one month before the outbreak of the pandemic. And 
And as they had done on their previous album, they remade songs that were originally written as blues, country, soul, gospel, and old-timey tracks, including songs penned by the Everly Brothers, Alan Toussaint, Ola Bell Reed, as well as songs written by Plant and Burnett specifically for the album. So, Matt, is there a song from the album you like? Yeah, I think my favourite song is actually The Price of Love. That's the price of love. The price of love. The you with tears and pain. The price of love. The price of love. That costs you more when you're to Um, which was the Ever- Everly Brothers wrote that first, didn't yeah. they? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I first came across the song actually not by them, but by I think Brian Ferry's version of it, and, I've, yeah. and even even status quo. if I should admit that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're naming some wonderful stuff. and you, yeah. I think you're right. When you start with a great song written by the Everly Brothers, yeah. making a cover of it is like, you know, a cakewalk because it's already a fantastic song. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries. listeners in more than 30 countries. Notable musicians joining Plant, Krauss, and Burnett included Victor Krauss, Allison's brother, who played upright bass, and Lucinda Williams, a well-known American singer-songwriter who sang background vocals. The album peaked at number 7 on the Billboard 200 chart and garnered three nominations at the 65th Annual Grammy Awards, including Best Americana Album, Best American Root Song for High and Lonesome, and Best Country Duo Group Performance for Going Where the Lonely Go. Listeners, Brandy Carlisle's In These Silent Days won Best Americana Album, and... Plant and Krauss had some tough competition in the Best American Root Song category, going up against songs by Bonnie Raitt, Cheryl Crow, and the duo Tim O'Brien and Aoife O'Donovan. Bonnie Raitt's Just Like That eventually won that category. Just like that your life can change, look what the angels send. You know, I have to throw in here that of those names you mentioned, I actually saw Tim O'Brien in concert. Really? Where? It was here in Charlottesville. It was at a coffee house that they used to have over at University of Virginia. The coffee house at UVA was called Prism Coffee House, and it has since folded. In November 2021, High and Lonesome from Raise the Roof made it to number 16. That's right, number 16 on the Turnip Music Radio Top 25 Chart and Playlist. Laura, you have a wide taste in music. What are your thoughts on the album, Raise the Roof? And do you care to speculate why it hasn't performed as well as Raising Sand? Yeah, so, Paul, I really like the album. 
So I don't know. The only explanation I can come up with is maybe the so-called sophomore album curse that plagues so many artists. I, I just really can't think of a reason why it would not have been as successful. I think it's awesome. I do too, Laura. I think you're right, though. Matt, any final thoughts on Alison Krauss and or Robert Plant? Well, not really. I think, you know, you guys have covered it. Um, but I suppose it's just what what I love about them the most is the way that both their voices blend together. And I kind of, I suppose for me, I actually prefer Robert Plant's voice when he's not screeching and going for it like he would be doing in, in Zeppelin. But I, I love his sort of gentle voice. It's really interesting to see how he's kind of evolved over the years. And for me, that's almost, it's almost kind of better for me. And and just, yeah, the pairing with those voices is just amazing. Listeners, I think we could go on all day singing the praises of both Robert Plant and Alison Krauss, two highly talented singers, songwriters, and musicians, both of which are legendary. We highly recommend that you check out both albums by this phenomenal duo. Matt, it's been great having you here with us today. Tell us what's happening. What's next for you? What are you working on? Any exciting projects? Well, at the moment, I'm kind of busy recording demos, writing and recording demos at home to then hopefully get back in the studio properly before the end of the year and record some more songs. And then at the same time, I'm also trying to um, get a like a, a, a little local live band uh, with people from from around here locally. Um, so yeah, that that's that's what I'm trying to do. Matt, before we wrap things up, do you have any shout outs for friends, family, or fans? Shout out to my wife Susie for putting up with me, and to my four kids, Jake, Ellie, Daisy, and Zach my dogs, Harry and Lottie, and of course, to um, everybody who listens to my music. So Matt, if our listeners want to learn more about you and your music, what's the best way for them to do so? Uh, well, the best thing probably is head over to Spotify uh, under Matt Saxton. And obviously I'm on uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube under Matt Saxton Music. And that's S-A-X-T-O-N, right? Yep, that's the one. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. This has just been an absolute treat for us and our listeners. Listeners, thank you for joining as well. Please be sure to subscribe to our newsletter via our website derringerdiscoveries.com. You can follow us on social media too. We're at Derringer Discoveries on Facebook and at Derringer Pod on Instagram and Twitter and even on this new platform called Threads. You can also send us an old school email at feedback at derringerdiscoveries.com. You have been listening to Derringer Discoveries, a music adventure podcast in your sister's room. Join us again next time. The song is Gone, 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 Done, Moved On. Great English there, Paul. Hey, hey, that's the name of the song. Do you really want me to change it up? (laughs) Yeah, we need to check that out. I was wondering that too. I... Huh, that's that's a hum moment. We're going to have to figure that one out, right? Absolutely. How about you, Laura? Do you have a song off the album that you really liked? Actually, you already told us, didn't you? Yeah, yes. I mean, I can I can talk about another one if you want me to. If you ever find yourself over here, let us know.
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll give you a tour of Derringer Studios. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, it'll take about 30 seconds. <laughs> we'll give you a tour. And we'll, and we'll show him the Derringer Discoveries rule book. The Derringer Discoveries rule book and Derringer Tower. <laughs> All of that will yeah, be part yeah, of the free tour. So, Matt, come uh, visit us in Charlottesville, Virginia. But, Matt, don't feel like you're missing anything. Laura hasn't seen either of those items. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Or you can mail a letter to Derringer Towers. That's right. What's the address for that, Paul? <laughs> we don't want to give it out. We're already getting enough mail. <laughs> Laura was uh, trying to find out. Oh, Laura was. <laughs> oh, you caught me. Yes, you yes. caught me. Okay. <laughs> Hello, this is Matt Saxton from East Sussex, UK, and I listen to Derringer Discoveries, a music adventure podcast. <laughs>